Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Aren't you thankful to feel the rain, (laughs) the presence of the Lord, the anointing of His Spirit to meet us today? What an humbling thing to be able, just common man, to stand in the powerful presence of an almighty God. That's an humbling thing. To think and realize that, uh, that the Lord would look on us, just a wretched man, and smile. That God would see in us all the flaws and yet look beyond that and see potential. I don't think God owes me anything today. I think I owe him everything. And I'm, I'm so humbled that he's allowed me to be here allowed you to be here on this wonderful day, a day of worship. It's a special day. In our first service, we're going to have service much as normal, usual. In our second service, a special Memorial Day presentation. And I want to thank those that are involved in that in advance. Amen. We honor those that have given their lives so that we can be here today. This is not something to be taken lightly or to to minimalize, but I'm thankful that we're standing on the shoulders of tremendous men and women that have afforded us the privilege to be here this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to join me in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13. Now, I know that for many, this is a familiar passage of Scripture, yet to others it may not be such a familiar place. But I trust that before we leave here today that collectively we can all say that we have garnered something that will give us strength. Not only for today, because you see, I I am speaking to people this morning that um, in a congregation you may have people that are going through trials or things that are happening in their life. And yet some of you this very morning may have had one of the greatest weeks of your life. And so we have that. And we have some that have had probably maybe the worst week of their life and all points in between. So whether this is relative to you today, I'm going to ask you to do something. Please don't discard it lest you need it tomorrow. Amen. Lest you need it later today. Amen. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. That would be enough right there. That would be enough right there. I'm I'm being very serious. We could dismiss this service and walk away and have a promise in our heart. No temptation taken you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Today, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you from... This thought, the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God. To those who may be young in the Lord, maybe you think you know what I'm talking about. 
Maybe in your short journey you have found God to be there. But I'll promise you on the other side of that spectrum, those who have walked decades with God and whose garments are dusty with many, many years of service can tell you that God has been faithful. He has been so faithful. He's never let me down. Can I get an amen? (laughs) He's never let me down. Can we pray together? Lord, I love you this morning. Thank you for the privilege to be once again in your house. And I'm asking you, God, just to help us in our own uh, finite ways to grasp the truth and the wonder of your word today. I pray that you'll just anoint us and strengthen us by the power and the presence of your spirit. We do not take this service lightly nor any time that we are with you lightly. And so I'm asking you today, God, to let the word find a landing place in our heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and you can be seated. The Spirit in the presence of the Lord has brought all of us a long, long way. And when I read passages of Scripture like 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, I am encouraged because I understand the truth that lies within these few words. It's not just a little bit of ink on a page. It's not just a scripture to read as a beginning place. But I'm thankful that God in his, in his mercy, in his grace, has allowed this word to be a reality in my life. And I'm not alone. When the scripture talks about temptation, I want to be very, very clear this morning because sometimes our minds can just run down one little vein of thought And we may miss some fruit along the way if we do that. But temptation, when we think of temptation, I I don't want to think of just temptation in one area or uh, under one umbrella. But you see, there are things that happen in our lives. We may refer to them, and pardon me if if I'm using too much church vernacular this morning, but we we may refer to them also as trials and testings and temptations and And I'm looking at a congregation today of people that I personally know, that I intimately know. And because of that, I realize that I'm speaking to people that have, have and are bearing tremendous scars in their spiritual body because they have been a few miles and they have walked through some very deep and dark valleys. And to those, there is yet a ready amen in their mouth when we talk about the faithfulness of God. So I I don't want you to mistake what we're doing here today or misunderstand what we're doing here today as to just be uh, merely a glorified pet rally where we're just kind of trying to rally the troops for an amen. No, 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 no. It's far deeper than that. It's, It's far more meaningful than that. And so when we talk about the word temptation, certainly... There are things that tempt us that we live in a world of temptation and and that brushes up against the lives of every one of us, young and old alike. Although our temptations would vary, of course, because of personality or where we may find ourselves, whatever station in life we may find ourselves, temptations are temptations nonetheless. And so temptation to some degree and in one facet, if we just look through one prism, seems to almost have a fascination about it. It presents itself as something that's new and exciting and adventuresome. 
It appears to be the one thing that just may make us happy beyond our wildest imagination. Unfortunately, choosing to follow that fascination is exactly where that illusion ends. Amen. There are people that are sitting here today that would uh, not want to just really jump up and down about this, but I know there are people here today, that, without a doubt, that, that perhaps we have tasted of things that we shouldn't have tasted or touched some things that we should not have touched. And we realize the truth in that statement that, that while there is an allure to, to, to things that tempt us, that, that to, to choose to follow that, to walk down that path is exactly where the fascination ends. It's never what the enemy promised us that it would be. I know you've heard this a thousand times plus, but it's been said that sin will, will take you further than you ever intended to go and it'll keep you longer than you intended to stay and it'll cost you more than you intended to pay. Not many years ago I heard someone add another verse of that that I think is true. Not only will sin take you further than you intended to go or keep you longer than you intended to stay or cost you more than you intended to pay, but a fourth verse to that is this, that just because you're through with sin doesn't mean sin's through with you. And so we gotta be very, very careful what we spend our time winking at. You gotta be very, very careful what you spend your time playing footsies with. Because once it gets a hold, you may be through with it a long time before it's through with you. I've had more than one bitter testimony of people who look me in the eye and say, this is not fun anymore. But yet the gnarly claws of, uh, of addiction have them bound to the point that they seemingly cannot free themselves from that. And so we must be very, very careful. Those that have followed that dream have only found a nightmare to quickly unfold. Because of the power of temptation, people throw away many things, so many things. We have watched, no doubt, you can relate to some of this, people throw away their careers, their marriages, their families, their health. Some have thrown away their very lives. They bought into a pipe dream that just simply wasn't true. Beyond every tragedy of people choosing serious, sinful behavior, there is this central truth. First, there was the temptation to do so. And so I gotta deal with temptation while it's small. I gotta take care of it while it's just a budding thought in my mind or in my heart. I have to deal with that right now because if I don't, it will, it will take over. I remember when we, uh, many years ago now when we were getting ready to build our house, I asked Brother Rayleigh to come and lay, lay our house out because I knew that he, would get it, that he would get it square to the rest of the world. Even though he wasn't building our house, I, I knew that he was doing something, another trade at that particular time. I wanted him to lay it out uh, for, for those reasons. And so right on the corner of where, um, right on the, the, the southwest corner of our house, there was a, a little small tree just a few inches around, and my wife and, and I wanted to save that tree. And so uh, as Brother Rayleigh began to lay out the batter boards or the, the, at least the, to, the lay out the house, he asked us, he said, what, what are you going to do about this right here? I said, oh, well, we want to keep that. We want, we want to keep that here. He said, well, I, I, I'll just tell you that if you keep that here as close as it is in time, it will crack the foundation of the house, which just shocked me beyond the, all measure. I, was, I mean, it's just a small tree. It's just innocent. We want, that, we want it because it's pretty. 
And he made some comment about that we could never underestimate the power of nature. That nature has the ability to, to move things that are in its path. And so uh, we find the nature of sin, it may seem innocent and small, but, but it has the ability to grow into things that can destroy the very foundation that we stand upon. The temp, temptation brought are, that are brought out of desires, are, they're, they're already there. They're in, they're in the, the, the fleshly heart of a man. This is what James says about it in chapter 1 and verse 14. He said, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. What a tragic path. It, it doesn't take but just a few minutes to read that verse, but, but many times it may take a lifetime to live out that verse. But what a tragic path to be on. I believe that... There, that God has given us a strategy, though, that can enable us and help us to rise above the enticement of sin. I know that we live in an evil world that's filled with all sorts of uh, evil and debauchery, but aren't you thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost that can give us the ability to live above that and rise above that, not in a holier-than-thou fashion, not not in, in some way as to condemn others around us, but I'm thankful for the sustaining power of the Holy Ghost. I believe that, that we are, are, are doomed to fall again and again if we don't somehow allow the presence and the power of God to capture our heart. Amen. I believe that God has given us uh, the ability to, to do so. In the scriptures that I read to you, we find perhaps one of the most powerful statements in the word of God concerning temptation. 1 Corinthians states a number of things. One of those things that we ought to just go ahead and embrace to some degree is that temptation, while it is inevitable, it is also common. Because we're human, we're going to make certain paths or we're going to journey some roads. Another thing that is stated in the, by the Apostle Paul is that God is faithful and that's what I'm talking to you about today the faithfulness of God. In that faithfulness of God, God would not have us succumb. He would not have us to be destroyed, but God will provide for us, according to the scripture, a way of escape. Amen. What we find here is not only an understanding, but also in this passage, we find hope for, uh, for victory over these things in our lives. I'm glad that the things that I had to deal with in my young walk with God, I no longer have to deal with that. I'm glad for the victory that God has brought into my life. Anybody here, the Lord has gave, given you some victory over areas of your life? Sure, amen, sure. We see the truth about temptation in this passage, the truth about God and the truth about ourselves as we face those things. Temptations are sometimes, as I mentioned a moment ago, trials that we face in our lives. There are things that we just endure because we are a part of the human race. It rains on the just and the unjust. Temptation is inevitable. The Bible says there has no temptation taken you. There is a mistaken idea that those who are really spiritual don't suffer from temptations, but that's not true at all. Somehow we think it ought to be possible that we get to a place of such spiritual maturity that we're just going to be insulated from the enticement and the entanglement of the world that we live in, but it's just simply not so. We live in a world that has the ability uh, and the natural bent to just soil our garments with its sinful taste and desires, and, 
Amen. Sometimes we think if, if I sacrificed a little bit more, if I prayed a little bit more, if I fasted a little bit more, and I'm certainly not trying to take away from those valuable assets to our walk with God, but sometimes we think if we would just do more, 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 that we will arrive at a place where we'll no longer face any trials in our lives or we'll no longer be tempted, but it's just not so. It's just not so. And so while the temptations for a 12-year-old or an 18-year-old would be different than that of an 80-year-old, we are still tempted and we are still tried. That sounds, it, it sounds as though uh, I'm, I'm being a little negative here this morning. I, I'm not at all. I want to talk to you that even though we face these things in our life, God has promised to stay by our side. The truth of the matter is that temptation or trials, they are inevitable. Everyone will face them and we cannot escape them. Therefore, we need to prepare for them. You know, I know that it's hard sometimes and, and we live in the particular region of the, of the United States that we live. It's not uncommon for us to have storms. Uh, I know that in the last few years it's been a little bit quiet and that can cause us to relax a little bit. But you know, when, when, they, when they first start talking about a storm coming, it's just, if you're not real careful, it's real easy to be kind of cavalier about that. They're saying it's coming, you might ought to buy up a few things, but it's, it's, it's kind of hard to go buy up all that stuff when the sun's shining and the birds are singing. But when the wind starts blowing and the clouds start laying low, it's not, it's not hard to be motivated to try to take care of that. And so what I'm talking about today is I want to be prepared ahead of time. I don't want to wait till the storm ensues for me to try to make sure everything is right in my life. I want to I know that I, I, I'm in a, on a journey that is inevitable. I will face things in my life. And so I know this not only from personal experience, but we also know this from Scripture. The Bible, in the Word of God, we see the reality of temptations in, in, as it's played out in the lives of many, many men and women in Scripture. And one of the things, just one of the things that I've always appreciated about the Word of God is that the word of God takes no pain to hide the flaws of its characters. And so we don't just look at the best of the best in people's lives and then we're just kind of left with this tremendous top shelf to try to reach for, but we see tremendous trials and, per and peril and persecution that come upon even men and women of the Lord. The most powerful and the, and the most spiritual servants of the Lord were tempted and some of them even yielded to that temptation. David is a prime example. He's described as a man after God's own heart. That's what we think about when we think about David. It's hard not to think about David and think about Psalms 23. It's hard not to think about David without thinking about him being a shepherd and, and being anointed at such, a, at such a young age to do such a tremendous thing as to be the next king of Israel. And yet it's impossible to continue to dwell on the life of David and not realize that David had some real, real unfortunate things that unfolded in his life. The temptation came his way and unfortunately he gave in to that. Perhaps the best example that temptation comes to everybody is found in the fact that even when the Lord robed himself in flesh and walked among the earth and walked among common, upon the earth and among common men that Jesus Christ himself was even tempted, was the perfect, sinless, and the spotless example in every respect, and yet he was also tempted. But the scripture teaches us 
that he was tempted in every point, even as we are. Amen. Hebrews 4 and 15, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. I'm thankful to know that God can give us the ability to rise above sin. Just because we are tempted doesn't mean that we have to toy with that. If Jesus was not exempted from temptation, then I certainly can't expect that I am going to somehow be exempted from that. Temptation will come. Amen. I shouldn't be surprised by that. I need to be prepared for that. And so I need to keep my guard up. I need to keep my guard up. You know, we, we live in a, in a world, in, the, in a church world, we, we, are, uh, we are somewhat, to some degree, I'm painting up with a broad brush a little bit here, but we are to some degree uh, sort of in a protected environment, or at least we feel so. We trust those that we are around. We, we trust that people that are talking to us or asking us questions or inquiring about us or not doing so with an agenda or with some other ill motivation. And so, uh, and so we let our guard down, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's good to have friends that you can confide in, but, but I should not be gullible when it comes to spiritual things. Amen, I need to, be, I need to, I need to make sure that my spirit of discernment is, is working. I need to make sure that the spirit of God working in my life to, to alarm me when something is going on. Temptation is universal. The Bible says such as is common to man. It's not only inevitable, but it happens to everyone. Amen, no one is exempt. You're not the only one that's ever experienced some particular temptation. Too often, we sort of think that whatever we're going through, whether it is a temptation or a trial or some, something that we are encountering in our life, we kind of think that it's somehow unique to us, that that no one else has ever faced this and sometimes we do that because we really want to throw the biggest pity party ever. <laughs> and so when we think that somebody else has already been here, that kind of takes away from the how many candles we feel like we can light. Amen, they think that no one has ever faced that particular thing or no one's ever had that thought or no one's ever felt that particular emotion, but we're not unique individuals. We are similar in many ways. I understand that we all have unique things about us, but we also have similarities. The same kind of passions and desires that have plagued mankind from the very beginning still plague mankind today. The same kind of temptations that worked a thousand years ago, stay with me now, still work today. Hell may have tweaked it a little from generation to generation, they didn't have to fight a lot of technology in the 20s and the 30s. And so hell has tweaked it along the way, but it all stems from the same root. It is all just sin. It is nothing more than what you find in the very beginning in the book of Genesis. And so we're not alone. There are others that have experienced the same things that we are currently experiencing, not sometimes similar things, but there are some that have faced the very same thing. And I find that comforting. I personally find that comforting because many, many people have found victory over the things that I may be struggling with. So I want to connect myself to them. I want to connect myself to their lives because they, they've already experienced this years ago and they're still walking with God with victory in their lives. I, I've shared this many times through the years, but but uh, some many years ago now, 20 years or so ago, I was 
facing some tremendous decisions in my life. And I will say uh, that was some of the most difficult decisions that I've ever had to make in my life concerning ministry and our family and even this church. And I, 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 was, I was led in prayer one day to call an elder that had been a friend for a long time. And I called him and as I began to pour out my situation to him, I, 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 was, I was so taken by his very first response. His very first response was that, well, you know, I'll just kind of pray for you and, and, and I, I'll just do the best I can. He was in no wise trying to just to sympathize with me, but his first words were that 30 years ago, I was standing exactly where you're standing. And I found great consolation in that. I, I found great comfort in that because I realized that, that, that 30 years afterward, he is still living for God. 30 years afterward, God is still blessing his life, his family, and his ministry, and their church. And I thought, Lord, I thank you for leading. This was not a random uh, feeling that I had in my heart, but this was God directing me to someone. When I thought I was all alone, when I thought, Lord, I don't know if anybody's ever had to cross this bridge, someone said, I have stood right where you're standing. And I say, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you understand where I am today. You've been so faithful. Amen. What a wealth of encouragement to be able to tap into the experience of someone else and garner their wisdom. Amen. And how they handled their situation. God is so faithful. Amen. Paul says that in this verse. God is faithful. But God is faithful. We don't need to despair because I have a God that I can trust. God is on our side. He is fighting with me. Not the one tempting me. James 1.13 said, no man, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. God doesn't want us to fail. God is not in the business of trying to see how many people he can destroy. He's not trying to destroy you this morning. He's not trying to destroy me this morning. He wants us to stand against temptation and to make a a conscious decision to reject it, to make a conscious decision to say, I'm going to withstand that. We may wonder sometimes why God doesn't just simply step in and remove all the difficult situations from our life. But the answer to that is quite simple. He doesn't do that because he doesn't want to rob us of the freedom, amen, that he has given us as humanity and that freedom is what sets us apart as human beings. Amen, if that freedom we were removed, then we would be nothing more than just robots this morning. But I'm here of my own free will. I showed up this morning because I wanted to. I prayed today because I wanted to. I read the word of God this week because I wanted to. I was here Wednesday night, not under duress. I was here because I wanted to be here. And so God gave us the ability to choose. Amen. To choose. To choose. And so with the human freedom comes the consequences of our actions, both good and bad. I think a good illustration of that, of course, is the account in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. God created paradise in which he placed Adam and Eve but he placed one restriction, just one, but it was enough. One restriction upon their behavior. With all of the cans, the one can't became choice. A gift, really a gift. With all of the pleasures became one thing that you got to abstain from. 
But you see, sometimes we just focus on the tree and really not what that tree or that fruit represented, but that fruit and tree represented choice have the ability to choose. The ability to choose. He told them that they could not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Amen. Because you see, they, they, they had to learn how to obey. We have to learn how to say no and to say yes. They have to have an opportunity. We never know if we're, we're obedient until you have a, an opportunity to be disobedient. Amen. You never know, really. You never really know if you're loyal until you have a, a, an opportunity to be disloyal. You, you really never know you're faithful until you have the opportunity to be unfaithful. And so with all of those choices, we, we have the foundation in our life. And so obedience is not obedience if it's coerced. And so God set up this test of character. Without the test, there cannot be any character form. I mean, you've got to learn how to resist, to push against. James 1, chapter 2, chapter 1, rather, verse 2 and 4, 2, 3 and 4, excuse me, he said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations or various temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire or complete, wanting nothing. So when we properly respond to the, to the temptations or the trials or whatever we may be walking through in our life, it develops something within us. You don't come away robbed but you come away in, enhanced. You don't, you don't come away with your strength depleted, but you come away with something in your life that you did not possess before. And, and you know, I don't think that you have to go through every little thing in life in order to be a child of God. Or I, I, Obviously, we couldn't go through everything there is to go through in life, but I promise you this, that, that before God can ever use us, Brother Osborne has said many, many times before, Brother Joe Osborne has said many times before, God can ever use you greatly, he will first wound you deeply. Not because God is morbid or some twisted uh, God that we serve, but you see through the trials and the tribulations and the pain and the heartaches of our life, that creates filters for the Spirit of God to, to run through, to flow through. And so, you know, as it, if we just connect that thought to ministry, that, that the longer a, a person serves God in the ministry, you have more things to filter what you're preaching through, some experiences. You know, if you have no experiences, you can preach about the Word of God and it's still all true, but when you have experiences to back up, what you've been walking through it, what you're saying, what you're living, what you're walking, it filters through all of those trials. It filters through the reality of what you've been there, of what you've been through. And we can say, I have been there. I have been there. And so by the same token, ministry or not, it has the same effect on your personal testimony. When we have stood the test of time. I'm going to tell you that I'm encouraged when I see people that have gone through enough things to to forever quench the fire in their heart, but yet they still walk through the doors of an assembly and they don't sit there with their arms folded and their attitude as big as this building, but they come in with humility and they come in to love and to worship God. That is a powerful testimony. They're not bitter. They're not indifferent. They're not mad at God for the things that seemingly have been prematurely taken away from them, but they love him anyway, and they count him faithful. Amen, and when somebody is going through something, they are the first to put their arms around them and say, let me tell you what I've been through. And while I was going through this, this is what I found. God was faithful to me. When I knelt down in prayer, I felt his presence. When I knelt down, 
down in prayer. I had him there. When I was at my loneliest and my lowest, I felt the power and the presence of God. When I didn't think I could go another mile, God gave me a registered, so to speak, letter that came straight to my heart, straight to my home, straight to my mind, straight to my spirit. God has been faithful. I'm just the one holding the mic this morning, but don't let that fool you. There's so many testimonies in here. Time would not permit. The sun would set on us today. Were we to try to tell the times that God has been right there for us. I've been sitting in audiences, in congregations just like this when I didn't think I could go another mile. Now, I promise you I'm not embellishing this for the sake of a sermon but I've been in the audience when I didn't think I could go another mile. Whenever God had ordained somebody to stand behind the pulpit and they did more than just open the Bible and begin to preach, what they really did is when they began to follow the will of God, they took a lifeline and they threw it exactly where I, where I was floating in the water. I mean, it, it was just right there within arm's reach and I was able to run my arm down through the promises of God. I pulled it to myself and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to drown in this. I will not be destroyed in this. His word is true. His word will keep me. God really is faithful. Amen. I am confessing today as a preacher of the gospel. I'm confessing as a pastor of this church. I hope that doesn't discourage you, but I'm going to tell you that I live in the same world that you live in and we fight the same things that you fight and there have been times and seasons I wondered, oh Lord, this is just too much, but God's word came right to me right when I needed it right on time, hallelujah. And so what I'm preaching to you today is not just a few words in scripture. I'm preaching from my heart. I'm preaching from my soul to tell you that God can work and he is always right on time. written down to share a few Sundays ago and I, I'm just going to be honest with you I can't remember if I did or not and so if I did just bear with me and give me a little blessing Jesus if you think that's necessary but if I didn't I want you to hold on for the ride several years ago my wife and I were at general conference we decided on the Sunday after uh, to, to stay in the St. Louis area we went to church uh, in the church of Brother Scott Gray and Brother Tim Dugas pastor in, uh, just outside of St. Louis there on that Sunday morning. And uh, we were with some friends of ours that were formerly from Florida and uh, they now live there and work at headquarters. So we had decided to stay the weekend with them and we went to church with them that morning. So while we were sitting there, their service schedule is identical to ours in the sense that they have uh, more, uh, two speakers or two services kind of back to back. And so in the first service that morning, some of you would recognize the name Simeon Young Sr., Brother Young began to teach that morning. I thought, man, this is really neat. I've read so many articles by Brother Young. Uh, he'd been the, uh, he, had been, he worked for the Pentecostal Publishing House, been the editor 
for years and years and uh, my, my first time to ever be personally in his presence and to hear him teach personally. And so I just kind of felt like I was almost in the presence of a star, if that's all right. Somebody I had admired from a distance. And here he was teaching a Bible class. And so he gets up and he starts teaching. And, and you can just tell right away, especially if you're a preacher, you know what I'm talking about. You can just tell right away that he started with one thing and then he just kind of started traveling another journey. And he kept pausing and he kept saying, I just have no idea why, why I feel impressed to tell this, but I just want to share this with you. And then he'd kind of feel like a little bit in his heart. I, I'm, I'm just kind of feeling in the words for him. He's not here to, he, to defend himself today. <laughs> but in the minute you'd almost feel that he kind of felt, I, I, I need to get back to my subject. And then after a while he'd be sharing something else. He kept saying, I just don't even know why I'm doing all this today. I don't know why. I knew why. Now please don't think I'm so arrogant as to think that God just had that one special service for me. But I sort of think that. <laughs> I humbly, I humbly think that. Because I am just sitting, I just can't believe everything that he is saying. I mean, this one wow moment after another wow moment after another wow moment. When the service was over, I went to him and I just... You know, I didn't want to get into all of that, but I just, I just thanked him. It was very brief, and there were a lot of people standing there to talk to him, so I didn't want to monopolize his time, but I just couldn't get away from it. So we, we left, and we started making our way home, and, and uh, on, on our way home, I just couldn't get away from it. I just thought, I just owe this man a thank you. I want him to know. I want him to know. And so I, I, I started going through my directory, and I found his phone number, and long story short, we got on the phone, and and I just said, Brother Young, you, you don't know me. We met briefly Sunday, and, and I, I just want to thank you for what you shared with us in that Sunday service. And I said, you kept, you kept referring to things like, I don't know why I'm sharing this. But I said, I knew why you were sharing that, because I was there. And, and I felt like God was giving me something, not just for me, but for our church. Amen. And, uh, and, and so I just, he was talking about a building program that they had been through many years before that when he was pastoring. And I'm telling you, God was just... He was just confirming his word right there in my life. And, and so when we got to talking, Brother Young said, well, Brother Boyd, he said, I really need to confess something to you. He said, I wasn't even scheduled to speak Sunday. He said, after I got to church, the man who was supposed to speak got sick. And he said, Brother Dugas just looked at me and said, I need you to teach. He said, I was so caught off guard. So he said, thank you for your phone call. But yes, Brother Fears, what a God. God is faithful. God is faithful. He said, I'm going to have, pardon me, I'm going to have Steve in the service this morning. So I need Simeon Young to say something to him. And what he had to say was based primarily on experiences of his own life. And so what he had to say was based more than just reading a scripture and saying, let me tell you about the goodness of God. But as he began to talk about the goodness of God, then he said, and let me tell you how it applied and worked out in my life. Amen. Pardon me for this little exit here. I'm coming back on the entrance ramp. I'm going to tell you that God is faithful. God is faithful. Yes, he will. Amen. I took way longer with that than I intended, so... I will hurry. The Bible says he will not suffer us to be tempted above that we are able. 
God will just not let us be overwhelmed in the storm, overcome in the storm. Even though temptations come, he, he will not allow Satan to bring more upon us than he can destroy. There's no greater example of that than the life of Job. He endured some unthinkable things, but God said, you can go here, but you can't go one inch past here. And so I'm glad of that. God will make a way out. He said, I will with the temptation, with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear, to bear it. The protection of God extends further than the storm. He will provide a way out, a way of escape. He gives us an opportunity. Whatever the temptation may be or whatever the trial may be, God will always make sure there is an escape hatch for me. There may be times that we... We don't know if we can find that way out. Perhaps sometimes the reason is we're not looking for the way out. So whenever we're tempted, I need to look for that escape hatch. I need to look for an opportunity to walk away. Perhaps the only way of escape would be to just turn and run, to, 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 to distance ourselves. Let me tell you something. There is, there is no blessing in enduring prolonged temptation. Now, let, me, let me say that another way. Don't get up close to something that you know you're tempted by just to see if you can withstand it. That's foolish. That's foolish. Amen. You may not be as strong as you think you are, and if you're standing that close to it, it may overcome you. That's foolish. And so don't, don't, you know, don't, if you got a problem with, well, you don't need, don't, don't stop by the bar room to buy a Coke. Just see if you can stand it. Just stay, stay with the S and S. <laughs> Amen. Stick with the Jiffy store. Don't, you just stay where, you, where there is no blessing in just seeing how much of this I can endure. There's no blessing in that. We just increase our chances of yielding to temptation because you're just human. I'm just human. So I don't want to keep exposing myself to something that may take me down. Amen. You know, there, there are times, and we've seen this a lot uh, lately in recent years, even months, we have seen the, the news that that's uh, that's broadcasting and telling people that if, you, if you're not sick, don't go to the hospital. If you've got loved ones there and you don't have to be there, if it's not an emergency, don't go. Why? Because there's so much sickness. If you go, it's just going to contaminate you. And so stay out. If, you can, if at all possible, stay out. Amen. And so with that kind of warning, I'm not going to walk in the emergency room and take a deep breath. Right? just so I can come back and high-five somebody and say, I survived. I, I'm going to listen to somebody that may know what they're talking about. There's things in the air. You don't need to expose yourself to that. Paul told Timothy in Timothy 2 and 22, this is what Paul, you don't need a, a commentary for this. He said, flee youthful lust. Run, 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 run. Get it away. Distance yourself. And then he said, follow charity and righteousness and faith and, and peace with them that call on the Lord with a, out of a pure heart. He said, run from this, but connect yourself to that. Distance yourself from this, but wrap your arms around the, the other thing. Amen. Sometimes the easiest way to escape temptation is to stay out of the places you're tempted to begin with. Amen. Stay out. Stay out. If our musicians would come, I'll, I'll just say this. If you, if you fail to take the, the way out that God provides, then, then I've got no one to blame. Don't blame God. It's not his fault. Don't blame the church. It's not the church's fault. Don't blame the preacher. It's not the preacher's fault. 
God gave us a way out. And so our responsibility when facing temptation is to resist it, do our part, stand. We've been given the power to say no to sin. We've been given the power to say no because Jesus purchased that power on the cross. Amen. The guilt and the condemnation of sin has been forever broken. And, and so the power of sin over us to enslave us has been broken. And so for the first time in our lives, we're free. We're free to say no to sin and yes to God. One day we're going to be delivered even from the presence of sin. Can you imagine that? So hard to wrap our minds around that, but it's so true. He's given us the power in the meantime to resist the devil. And so we've got to make a decision that we're not even going to entertain this. Now, I, I want to close, and I've got a little bit longer closing than I normally take. So if you'll just stay with me for a moment. I'm speaking to men and women that can relate to this journey this journey being one of sometimes highs and sometimes lows. Is that all right? We're just in the real world, aren't we? However, through it all, we can truthfully say that God has been faithful. <clears throat> Friday night, Friday night, I was listening to some music online. And I want to just share with you a, the words of a song, a song that was written many years ago by... Howard Goodman, a song entitled, I Don't Regret a Mile. The chorus says this, I don't regret a mile, I've traveled for the Lord. I don't regret the times I've trusted in his word. I've seen the years go by, many days without a song, but I don't regret a mile, I've traveled for the Lord. The verses say, I've dreamed many a dream that's never come true. I've seen them vanish at dawn. But enough of my dreams have come true to keep me dreaming on. I've prayed many a prayer that seemed no answer would come, though I've waited so patient and long. But enough answers have come to my prayers to keep me praying on. I've sown many a seed that's fallen by the wayside for the birds to feed upon. But I've held enough golden sheaves in my hands to make me keep sowing on. I've trusted many a friend that's failed me and left me to weep alone. But enough of my friends have been true blue to keep me trusting on. I've drained the cup of disappointment and pain and gone many a day without a song. But I've sipped enough nectar from the roses of life to make me want to live on. I don't regret a mile. <laughs> I don't regret a mile. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. I don't regret a mile I've traveled for the Lord. I don't regret the times I've trusted in his word. I've seen the years go by many days without a song, but I don't regret a mile that I've traveled for the Lord. It's been high. It's been low. It's been dry. It's been wonderful. Amen. But I don't regret a mile that I've traveled for the Lord. I wonder if we would lift our voices and with, with a voice of triumph can we thank him today for the victory that we find in his faithfulness in Jesus name I love you Lord let's love him together for that in Jesus name this message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church 
We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.